Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. And we are back with another edition of eardrum bleeding, freedom loving podcast called the Missouri Liberty Report. Now, some of you are like, "Why is that intro so long?" It's because John went to a Trivium concert Wednesday night. John's still riding the high a little bit, even though I had to go to work today, and they sucked a bunch of my happiness out. Uh, amazing, amazing time. So anyway, I don't want to go on about that too long because I could talk about the concert for a half an hour and how just my eardrums got melted. My face got blasted off because I was literally probably like eight feet from the stage for four hours. I stood there and just got my eardrums melted. It is beautiful. But anyway, 
again, first Friday of every month, don't forget, we have Patrick Holland on from the Missouri Freedom Initiative, a fellow fighter for freedom and liberty here in the state who is leading by example, going up and talking to legislators and even crafting bills, writing outlines for bills even. So, Patrick, how are you this evening, sir? Hey, I'm doing great, John. Thank you so much for having me on again. I almost missed the intro here. I was too busy buying a slap-happy beverage online right now. <laughs> oh, there you go. There you go. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Um, so, we've got... Um, I, I didn't pull up the audio, which maybe I'll look for. Um, I think, Patrick, you sent it to me. Interesting audio piece from Rhino. Was it Rhino? Rhino. Uh, I send you a lot of stuff. I'm sorry. Remind me. There was a YouTube video about who the governor may um, appoint as attorney general when Eric Schmidt wins oh, no. his election. Yep. I, I'm sorry. I haven't gone through that data yet. Okay. Uh, so I I can't comment on it yet. But uh, believe it or not, I'll be looking into that real quick because uh, Schmidt is definitely going to win yeah. you know, over the Senate race. And the governor yeah. will have to replace him. Yeah. And if it's true what was in that video, let's just put it there. Uh, we're going to have to fight against that because it didn't sound very good from the two minutes and two some odd minutes of information. That, was it Rhino Hunter? Is that what it is? Okay, it could have been Rhino Hunter that did the video. I it, that, I believe that's what it was. I can never keep his name straight, but I think as Rhino Hunter put it out. It was like a two-minute and 30-second video about this appointee that they believe Parson would pick, and if that information is correct, there's something uh, we're going to have to get in front of. But anyway, I digress. Let's talk a little bit yeah. here, Patrick. Um, sure. How, how's just... Well, since last month, how are things going for you and uh, and and uh, a little bit of maybe something that you've been working on lately? Sure, you bet. Uh, in fact, in the last month, uh, working on several things. First off, uh, just to let everyone know who's been following our work or participating in our campaign to get rid of sales tax on food in the state of Missouri. Um, that, unfortunately, uh, has been put by the wayside right now, and I can, I can explain partially why. Um, I have never claimed to be the smartest person on the planet. In fact, I'm probably one of the dumbest. Um, but not even Ron Calzone caught this, but Mike Moon found, and Mike Moon is a senator here in Missouri, a state senator, found a small section of the Constitution that linked 1% of the state's sales tax on food, 1% of the state's capture on sales tax on food, which is 1.225%, 1% of that is somehow nailed down in the constitution to education, which complicated the matter of getting rid of sales tax on food. Since we are a constitutional organization, we like to go by the constitution. We're going to have to be, uh, uh, dive much more deeply into that in regular legislative sessions. So we might have to get a ballot initiative done for that. So that's the update on that. Uh, we did a real one heck of a grassroots effort. Many people called, emailed, visited Jeff City to get rid of the sales tax on food. And uh, unfortunately, we did find a small stumbling block. <clears throat> so, so apart from that, I finalized all the language for the outline for the gold and silver bill for the state of Missouri, what we're calling MEPA, the Missouri Inflation Protection Act. 
And so at any rate, that has been submitted. And is, my understanding is it's currently being converted into an actual bill um, by Senator Bill Eigel right here in the state of Missouri, another state senator. And so uh, and as soon as that's converted into bill language, uh, that will be shared with many other states. There's lots of other people in other states that want to run the same language. So, uh, so we're very excited about that. Um, there's other things that we're working on too, but nothing we're ready to announce at this time. But the, the silver and gold stuff should be coming up pretty soon. As soon as there's legislative language, you can bet I will be sharing that with the world because other, like I said, other states are looking forward to it. Yeah, that um, <clears throat> uh, that that's going to be huge when that's all done and filed. Uh, that is going to be the talk of the state, I believe, and maybe even the talk of the country uh, because this I, is a, a necessary action to try yep, to counteract is. what the federal government and our Federal Reserve Bank spending spending printing printing this is a necessary action and it honestly it's another thing that we honestly shouldn't have to do but the way of the world it has to be done this well john i want to point out something i'm sorry for interrupting but this is kind of critical central banks around the world are hoarding gold particularly in the last two months so, you know, you pay attention to what central banks are doing because they know everything before it happens, right? Right. So, you know, we, the bankers always know everything before it happens. So, at any rate, the central banks around the world, this would be Bank of Japan, Bank of England, Bank of China, Federal Reserve, you know, all the big banks that you think of, the central banks are hoarding gold right now. That is a sign. That's a sign. You know, basically, maybe we should be doing the same thing. You know, if they're hoarding gold, that means they don't have a whole lot of faith in their own currencies that they're overprinting is what it means. So since gold is now a tier one asset under the, the I think it's Basel three rules, you know, from the International Monetary Fund, <coughs> gold, pardon me, gold is now measured at 100 percent of its of its dollar value central banks worldwide. So, and they just completed Basel three, I believe it was a two year program and I think it's nearly complete. And all the central banks treated as a tier one asset. So they have plans for gold. So in the last two years, as I said, Basel three, that means central banks around the world are now valuing gold as opposed to a tier uh, three asset where they had it before where it was half of the dollar value was what they could, you know, value it at in their vault. Now they can value it for the full amount. So, uh, and then now that they've done that, now they're hoarding gold. So, yeah. So, you know, yeah. Using gold and silver as money may seem a little bit esoteric, you know, to John Q public. But the fact of the matter is the central banks don't consider it that way because they've, they've converted it into a full value, um, uh, reserve, if you will. And they're hoarding it now. They're buying as much as they can. So, uh, so at any rate, that is just on top of everything that I've said before. You know, with uh, you know the the people being able to use gold and silver. My goodness, it's constitutional. It's actually in our constitution that we use gold and silver as money. And that, and they've never actually written an amendment saying that we shouldn't be using gold and silver for money. So we should still be able to use it. 
a, a piece of legislation that becomes a law that tells businesses, sure, you can use gold and silver if you want, might encourage some of those businesses to start using it and then encouraging use throughout the general population, encouraging states to accept gold and silver as payment of taxes is a real good way to do that. That helps, you know, legitimize it. And this bill covers that as well. So, uh, so at any rate, I'm sorry for interrupting. But I had to tell you about the central bank. That's a new story. It just came out uh, yesterday night, uh, yesterday morning, I think. Oh, no, it's fine. Um, and, you know, if anybody's going to poo-poo gold and silver, there, there's your answer. They're like, well, why, yeah. why are the central banks uh, hoarding it now? Why are they buying it all up if it's just if it's no good and it's uh, that's old school? Why are all the yep. money printers, uh, you know, grabbing at it as fast as they can if it's useless to you? And I yep. mean, that's just that's that's the, the, there's the logic. I mean, there's the answer to the question. If you think it's ah, that's old school. That's no. Apparently not. If all the you know the central banks are grabbing it up as quickly as they can. A, that tells you something's afoot, and B, you know it's not a worthless currency. All right. So, without further ado, folks, uh, first sponsor that I've had for this podcast and, um, and this episode, let me tell you about a product. And not only the product, but kind of the message behind the product. So what you'll see here, I hopefully the camera can pick this up. I can turn it the right way. This is called Mellow Cello. It is from a company right here in central Missouri. Okay. So basically it is Delta 8 infused lemon cello. And it is handcrafted. This does not go off to some factory. This is done right there at their residence. And you can see, very nice looking bottle. Very nice looking label. But again, Delta 8, about 10. I think it's, uh, I, I don't have my spectacles on. Um, I don't remember how many. I think it's 10 milligrams per serving of Delta 8 uh, THC. And again, glare from the overhead lights is screwing everything up. But again, a very classy looking bottle, a very nice looking product. Uh, they really went all out. Now, these come in three different size bottles. We have 500 milliliter, 250 milliliters. Uh, okay, it is 10 milligrams per one ounce. So 10 milligrams of Delta-8 THC per ounce of liquid. But we have 125, 250, and 500 milliliter bottles. And they all look just like this. A nice, thick glass bottle. Nice stopper on top. And so this is, to me, this is, um, there's so many things about this product. A, that's something unique, okay? There's not a lot of companies that produce a product like this. Now, there are some states, if you live in another state and you are interested in this product, there are some states where Delta-8 is not allowed. Missouri is not one of those states. You can buy Delta-8 products. Now, if you use a hemp product or maybe you like Delta-8, then you know you go into shops, you can buy Delta-8 and Delta-10 products. Delta-9 in the state of Missouri is still considered a drug and blah, blah, blah. Delta-8 and Delta-10 are legal in the state of Missouri. And again, this is Delta-8-infused limoncello. Now, the, uh, the, the producer here, he lived 
in Italy for a while while he was in the service. And he learned how to make limoncello there. And so this is, you know, uh, that uh, uh, limoncello is an Italian-style beverage. He learned right in that country how to make it, brought that knowledge home, and now he's making mellow cello. But that's not all, okay? Because there's a lot behind the ownership and this company. And it's not just, ooh, we want to make Delta 8 infused beverages. That's part of it. But there's a whole lot more. Let me bring up the website so everybody can see it. Now, if you go out down in the description box of this video, you will see a link to the website. But let me show you the website. It is slaphappybeverage.com, okay? And you can, um, you can come up here, you can click on About Us. This will, uh, and you'll see uh, John and his wife, Kara. And they kind of go into a little bit of, you know, their, their history, things like that. Um, their service in uh, the military. And there's some, um, <clears throat> there's some family medical issues that are involved here, too, is why he got so involved in cannabis. Now, I didn't ask him if I could go into that, so I'm not going to. But here's something that I want you to look at, and I think this is vitally important. So you can see they're a member of the Missouri Hemp Trade Association. They also have an organization called Thousand Ripples. Uh, so their dream is to build a rest and relaxation cabin in Gasconade County for veterans and cancer patients. Um, so if they're passing through and maybe they're going to go visit Herman, they're going to build a cabin for anybody who's a vet, especially a disabled vet or a cancer patient to stay in for the night and then, you know, travel on. Maybe they're traveling to go for treatments and this will be a cabin that they can stay at right there at their residence. And you can see the quote here. You can begin saving the world by saving one man at a time. All else is grandiose romanticism or politics. Charles Bukowski. Here's something that he wanted me to highlight. And I think this is vitally, vitally important. Okay. A cannabis nurse. So they, they have a link here that you can find a cannabis nurse. Now, what this is going to do, depending on your ailment and what, uh, you know, if you have, let's say, cancer or you have a, dege a degenerative disease or a neurological issue or whatever, maybe it's a chronic pain issue, this nurse is going to factor in how your body reacts and then by your body weight, the issue you're having, they're going to figure out a dosage and what type of cannabis product you should be using to treat your ailment. Because a lot of people now, and this is not a slight at anybody. This is not, oh, stupid people. This is just reality. A lot of people just go into their dispensary or what have you and just, you know, it's, it's all trial and error. On how you know what type of what uh, variant of uh, hemp or marijuana they use, and how much they smoke, or how much oil they use, and is it indica, is it sativa, all these things. <clears throat> now there's a way to link up to an actual person who specializes in cannabis, and John actually helped write 
and figured out dosages, dosages by body weight and the like and ailments to figure out dosages and, and relayed that information to a nurse. Um, they, they go, it's a deep dive, folks. It's a deep dive um, into cannabis. And again, cannabis, uh, some people are still like, oh, I don't like it. I don't like it. Shouldn't use it. And I think that's, well, that's a little ridiculous. Um, oh, but he says I can go ahead. So John had a son, has a son. And I don't remember the um, disease, but literally his body produces tumors. And most of them are, you know, most of these people that have this ailment, they produce benign tumors. Unfortunately, his son uh, developed them on the brain, the spine, and had to go through a lot of chemotherapy treatments to get the tumors to just stop growing. Well, John and his wife decided that they were going to look at cannabis. They, they, they went to a different state because it, in, in Missouri at the time, there was nothing. And started using it at night with their son so it wouldn't affect him during the day at school. And um, he actually sent me a link to an article written by Bill McClellan at the St. Louis Post-Dispatch discussing this. And uh, those tumors stopped growing. Some of them disappeared. Now, the doctor uh, who was in charge of his son's, you know, health care or whatever, he wouldn't really come right out and say, yeah, that was cannabis because they changed some of the drugs. Okay, they changed some of the drugs, so it might be that. They wouldn't come out and say that, yeah, the cannabis is really what kicked this in the butt. Um, there are a lot of stories out there, folks, about people who have healed themselves with cancer and other things by a diet change and cannabis use. A lot of, that, a lot of times it's oils but, or uh, a salve or something. But they used cannabis when doctors were like, well, here's your, you know, because when you go in for, for cancer treatment, what is it? It's chemotherapy and radiation. That's your choices. They don't really talk about diet changes, especially sugar. Stop consuming sugar. Um, things like that. It's just, well, chemotherapy and radiation. There are some other things out there. Now, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a medical professional. But there's too many stories out there to, to say otherwise. But um, John and his wife, Kara, are uh, amazing people, um, and they have worn the T-shirt many, many times with, with, uh, with this whole cannabis thing. He's been through fighting uh, at the state level up in Jefferson City. Talking to different, you know, uh, regulatory organizations, all these things, trying to figure out how to best help others. And again, I think that's one of the most important things here, folks, is that not only is um, this a, 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 an interesting product, okay? Why am I... Ugh. Turn that off. Sorry. Not only is this an interesting product because it's something new and it's something that um, you don't see on store shelves all the time, but the mission statement behind it is vitally important. Now, I will tell you that John says he considers cannabis to be the new litmus test. 
And at this time, in November of 2022, we have a lot of issues that divide us. But over 68% of Americans, Americans support the legalization of marijuana to include 19 states who have completely legalized adult use, 28 states have various medical programs, and four states completely prohibiting marijuana like the federal government. Um, it has been decriminalized, medically sanctioned use, or sanctioned recreational use. Um, and some of them have ratified amendments to the Constitution. It has become pretty clear that cannabis has become the new tea. And here's a uh, quote from Thomas Jefferson. First and principally, the cultivation of our primary staples of wheat, tobacco, and hemp for market. This is 1811. The founders... If you, most of you know this, hemp is, um, hemp is, uh, was an important, uh, product because, you know, you're talking paper, clothing, construction, medicine, food for animals. You can make biodiesel out of it. Hemp and cannabis are vitally important. Now, back then, they didn't have uh, government officials walking around going, "Is this under 0.3 percent THC?" So the, you know, you didn't they, the the, fe, the the founders back then weren't anal about their hemp or uh, you know marijuana. They didn't go around. Of course, now they didn't have the technology, but they weren't anal like that either, and, and wanted to check the the, the uh, THC content level of hemp. They understood its importance as far as the things you could do with it, and that was that. That It was just literally, that was it. That's what we have to get back to. Looking at it, not only as medicine, but all these other things that you can do with it. Now, John is 100%, and this is funny, because we just talked about this this evening. He he throws people off because he has this, he has this mellow cello, and he's big into hemp. But he's, steadfastly against Amendment 3. And we've talked about Amendment 3 enough on here uh, that everybody knows how awful Amendment 3 is. But people are like, wait a minute, you're a hemp guy and you're against Amendment 3? Here's his argument, and I've stated this, and I used his argument on this, on this show. The Constitution is to limit the powers, the size and scope of government. It is not to be used to limit people. And Amendment 3 will put a constitutional limit on possession for the people. So it's literally using the Constitution of the state of Missouri against the people, which is a big no-no. You don't do that. That's what Amendment 3 would do. Now, John also has, which I'm going to have to copy and paste these and put them up somewhere. It's a lot to read, but it's good reading. John has um, typed out a couple documents. Cannabis is the new litmus test. Um, he does go into uh, Mr. Anslinger, who uh, didn't think the Constitution applied to all Americans the same. Uh, that was shown by his uh, testimony to Congress because he thought, he said there are 100,000 total marijuana smokers in the U.S., and most are Negroes, Hispanics, Filipinos, and entertainers. Their satanic music, jazz, and swing result from marijuana use. That's around 19, the 1930s. So that gives you an idea of what we, they were 
you know, the the hype that they were throwing to prohibit cannabis. But John goes deeper into that and says cannabis prohibition is against God. Now, I will give you a slight rundown because there's a lot to read here. Um, but basically, cannabis uh, is not evil. It's And he, he kind of relates it to guns. If you're going to take away guns, well, the, the gun isn't uh, evil. If a person decides to murder another human being with it, that person's evil. And they commit an evil act. But the gun's not evil. Same way with cannabis. If, if you believe that God created cannabis and God creates nothing evil, how is cannabis evil? Right? It's the person using it. Some people smoke cannabis just to get high. And you know what? It's none of my business. They're not hurting anybody else. Who freaking cares? That's how I look at it. That's the way John and his wife look at it. Who cares? Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Um, and there's some interesting stuff from Thomas Aquinas in here. Who even Thomas Aquinas or St. Thomas Aquinas, I should say, when he talked about prostitution, said, yeah, I know people don't want prostitution, but if uh, prostitution was illegal and it never existed, then people would act on their lustfulness. And he even said, even though a lot of people look at prostitution as evil, it probably keeps uh, a lot of lustful people from committing rape. Things of that nature. And when you prohibit something like cannabis, you create a black market. And that's where people can get injured. You can cause harm from a black market. And uh, so prohibition, as we know, just doesn't work. But um, I love uh, th- this product is amazing. I think it's amazing. Uh, again, it's um, it's a small market, and he has the ability to. Um, I think he's gotten on the ground floor of something that could be very big. Because you just don't find it everywhere. Now I had a list, huh? And I'm stupid, and I drop stuff. I have a list. There are about four stores right now that carry this. And before I forget, he's got some other stuff coming out too. 
he's going to have a whiskey green tea that he will be coming out with next year. He also is going to have gummies, CBD gummies, or Delta 8 gummies, uh, that he's going to have for sale and to use in clinical research so they can use them to research how to use them for pain management and ail- you know, and other ailments, how to manage them with the gummies. If you are around, especially, Lynn, well, Lynn, you have Casper 66, which is a Conoco station on the east side of town. It would be on the right-hand side if you're driving uh, west on <clears throat> Highway 50 into Lynn. You'll see Casper 66 on the right. It's available there. And Herman, you got three different places. You have the Village Market, you've got the Missouri Trading Post, and you have the Piano Bar. And I know that he told me that, now Casey Rich, you can uh, go to the website, which again, let me, let me pull it back up so you can see it here, turn my display back on, uh, slaphappybeverage.com, and you can order it straight from the website, but um, yeah. They went to Labadee. They went to a place in Labadee and took a case. Stood there for a half an hour talking to the guy. Six bottles sold in that half an hour that they stood there and talked to that gentleman. Six bottles just gone in a half an hour. Again, I think this is going to be something very big. And I'm very super excited and very proud of the fact that John and his wife chose me and chose to sponsor an episode of the Missouri Liberty Report. So again, again, if you go down into the description panel on this video, you will see a link for Mellow Cello, Delta 8 infused, Lemon Cello drink. Again, 10 milligrams of Delta 8 THC per one ounce of liquid. And again, they have 125 250 and 500 milliliter bottles. All your um, all your Delta 8 needs right there in a nice zesty lemon beverage. So uh, I, before I continue on, John and Kara, um, I greatly appreciate you trusting me with this. And every week, folks, you're going to see. So just in case, I know it might be a little hard to see back here. You're going to see that slap happy sticker right up there on my backdrop. And these nice, lovely beverage bottles will be right here, sitting behind me. Every week, the link will be uh, to the website will be in the description of the video, along with some of our folks like uh, the Missouri Freedom Initiative and MO Liberty Radio and KeyRadio.Live. They're going to be a staple in our description. So please, if you're interested in Delta 8 products, check out slaphappybeverage.com. Again, John and Kara, thank you so much for sponsoring an episode. This was super exciting for me to, or somebody to trust me to do this. Um, and I will figure out a way. Maybe I'll just put all this um, this uh, text in a description uh, on a video of John's writing here on cannabis and before i forget one more thing and we'll get back to patrick i promise 
John also wrote this little book. It's called The Patriot, the Philosopher, and the Madman. If you are interested in one of these, it's it's just a it's you know, not not a real big book, but he wrote these, and he he sold them. I, these were available on Amazon. And here's the thing: I got John to put his little autograph in there, and of course, his message is keep freedom alive with his autograph on the inside of the book. I have five of these. If anybody's interested in this, uh, in the chat. Um, at the end of the thing, please make sure you, uh, if you want a copy, I'll mail this, uh, a copy of this to you. Just leave me your name and your full, uh, mail, mailing address. And I will get you a copy of the Patriot, the philosopher and the madman. All right. All right, Patrick. Sorry. I, I went a little, I, I just, these people. You know, they, they paid their money for their sponsorship, and I wanted to show them a lot of love. So, And you did an awesome job, man. Thank you. All uh, right. You know what? You know, you, you, know, uh, you know, those sponsors are obviously wonderful, wonderful people. But I'll tell you what, next time, maybe they would consider a coupon code for your listeners, like 10% off or something like that. Uh, so, yeah, I hate to put pressure on people and put people on the spot and everything, but... Uh, so at any rate, that's just something that uh, they may think of doing that, but help uh, spur some sales. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I and th- one other thing I want to mention is he's working with local businesses. He is not working with like these big conglomerates. So large conglomerates. Yeah, yep. he it's it's people, uh, hemp farms, and everything around him. That's who he's working with. So that makes and that's another thing that they're trying to do. They are not. They are trying to help local businesses get bigger and grow, and network and help each other out instead of just depending on the big box stores and the big conglomerates. So it's just an awesome thing all the way around. Okay, back to the show. Um, so I know Patrick that uh, I I want to reiterate. I want to talk about one amendment, uh, and that's the one where you kind of changed my mind, and that was Amendment Five on. Um, the National Guard thing. Because I told you my fear was, yep. well, if the, if the governor yeah. declares an emergency, then, and you said, well, he can already do that. So, you know, what's the difference? I just want to... Yeah, be, that's... I, I made a video and I was like, ah, I'm, up in, I'm up in the air about this. Let's just clear the air on this one and then we can move on to other things. Sure. If, if you want to... If you want to give your take on it, because I said when yeah. I did my video, I was like, I don't know, because the government, you know, or the governor declares an emergency, he's just going to take control of him. And he's like, and you're like, well, he can already do that. Like, oh, well, I see it a little differently. And it's just because, you know, I've been, you know, working up in Jeff City for quite a while and kind of see the way things are done, sometimes surreptitiously, sometimes cloak and dagger. Um, and they have to do things like this sometimes for a reason, but <clears throat> pardon me. It does seem to me that Amendment 5 is kind of a way of moving the National Guard away from the Highway Patrol because the Highway Patrol gets an awful lot of funding from the federal government. That's probably a, a, a portion of what this is. Also, um, there were too many buffers in between the governor and the National Guard. And, but there was only one buffer between the federal government and the National Guard. There were two for the governor, one for the federal government. 
And this <clears throat> basically puts plenty of buffers in between the federal government and the National Guard and virtually no buffers between the governor and the National Guard. But that bill does offer uh, for uh, Senate oversight. So that makes me feel more comfortable, of course. So, I mean, that's an important one, too. So that's kind of where, you know, I was drawing my conclusions from. Um, now, I, I hate to say this because I don't vote what other people vote because I hear their opinions, but I am interested in everyone's opinion, and it doesn't matter where the opinion comes from. Now, take it all in, but um, this was the only one that I think Ron Calzone was in favor of out of all the amendments that are being proposed on the ballot. So, I mean, you, you know, in my mind, I got a, you know, if Ron says this one's kosher. And the weird part was when we had Tom on the live stream last Saturday night, Tom said the same thing. This was the only one that was actually constitutional out of the amendments. The, the constitutional amendment that doesn't have a number, that is also constitutional, but is currently not necessarily a really good idea. Um, so at any rate, that's why I decided in, you know, basically a lot of smart people come on the live stream last Saturday night to talk about all the amendments. You folks uh, who are listening to this on the radio um, before we vote on November 8th, please look at the Missouri Freedom Initiative on YouTube. And it's from last Saturday, which would be October 30th. Um, that is the one where we had Tom Martz on our show. Um, also, we had Jesse Rude from Congressional Grassroots Movement. And we also had Robert E. Smith. Um, and so we had Constitution Party, Libertarian Party, and then uh, Tom Martz, I don't think, associates necessarily with any party. Weighing in on this on the constitutional level, are these amendments constitutional? It was a very powerful show. Now, the the uh, week before that, we went through all the uh, initiatives that were on the ballot, the, the amendment proposals, from a language point of view. You know, basically what it entails. But uh, this last one we did, literally, is it constitutional? Does it jive with the Missouri Constitution? That was interesting. That was actually fascinating. So, uh, so that's kind of where I came from on five, because we're moving our National Guard, Missouri's National Guard, and putting more buffers in between the federal government and our National Guard, and that makes me happy. So yeah. that's kind of where I'm coming from. Yeah, I mean, the more I listened, and I was like, okay, yeah, because um, I, I would definitely rather have the uh, rather the governor have more say so than the federal government because that's the way it should have been to begin with and then they kind of snuck in and took over just like always well they yeah you know thief in the night come in and take control of something they should have never had control over in the first place so that's yeah. always lovely um okay patrick i just want to get your opinion on something um because sure. i i found i have found it hilarious um that now on twitter <laughs> <clears throat> when the White House posts something about the increase in social social security <laughs> and then it gets fact checked and they have to delete the tweet. I mean, I am not like an Elon Musk worshiper by any means. I think he does mm -hmm. some good things. And then some things I'm like, what are you doing? This has been if, if, if not just the the entertainment value alone, this has been a blast to watch. Because they're having a meltdown. 
Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. They are. You know, it, and it's a funny thing, too, because I've talked about censorship. Uh, you've experienced uh, censorship on YouTube now, and I'll talk more about that later tonight. But the fact is the White House and Biden has never been censored, not by the media, not by social media. I mean, they get a free pass on whatever they want to say. Trump didn't get that free pass. You know, he was being censored. So it's interesting. It's just one political party that that isn't censored and everyone else is. Sounds a lot like communism to me, honestly. Um, but the funny thing is, is the tweet itself that was put out by the White House. Now, everyone here is, I'm assuming, over 18 years old. So we can all make an assumption right now, very easily, that Biden doesn't actually tweet. He has a team of people that do that for him. So I think we can probably assume this. Mm-hmm. But the tweet said something to the tune of, I'm paraphrasing, uh, thanks to the Biden administration, the Social Security recipients are receiving the largest increase in the history of the program. Well, thanks to the Biden administration, well, Biden had nothing to do with it. This law was put in place in 1972 by Nixon for a CPI uh, average adjustment cost of living increase every single year. This is why we do CPI numbers. It wasn't to, for people to figure out what inflation is. It's supposedly so the government would know how much to increase entitlements by. So at any rate, you know, it's, it's just weird. You know, Biden's been able to get away with this forever. And I'm not just picking on Biden. I mean, there's a lot of people on the socialist uh, end of the spectrum, the left, that get away with these tweets that never get censored. They can say whatever they want. And my favorite, and I'll get into this in a little bit here because it's actually important, is how everyone in the media and everyone on the left right now keeps uh, complaining about how our democracy is being threatened by the right. We don't have a democracy in the United States of America. We have never had a democracy. That doesn't get fact-checked. So, but the fact that Biden did get fact-checked by Twitter was actually a glimmer of hope. Everyone out there who's really jaded, you know, and we're about to leave YouTube. Our organization is about to literally sprout our wings and fly away from YouTube. We have presences elsewhere in social media, but we have been censored so hardcore on YouTube. And for the dumbest things, strike after strike after strike, warnings, um, and then reduce circulation of our videos. Um, and they tell us they're doing it even all for the dumbest things. Um, so it wouldn't surprise me if, if Biden, you know, previous to, you know, Elon Musk buying Twitter. And I, I don't really, I don't really trust Elon Musk either, to be honest with you. But if, if Biden had put out a tweet and said, you know, the sun is, you know, came up today, thanks to the Biden administration, the leadership of the Biden administration encouraged the sun to rise today, um, that Twitter would just let that go. I mean, that's how stupid it is. Um, and I fact check Biden all the time on Twitter, by the way. So if anyone wants to follow us on Twitter, I mean, I do have a lot of fun going after Biden and I keep it clean. Mm-hmm. So they have no reason to, to get, you know, uh, to, you know, take the stick after me on Twitter or anything like that. Um, but you're right. That was a momentous occasion to see the White House actually get censored on a social media platform. 
This is a first, you know, so uh, if you will, a new precedent was set today. So does that mean that uh, censorship is gone? No, it means that at least they're equally applying it so far. And the censorship was not over bullcrap. It was actually over a false statement. The Biden administration had nothing to do with the Social Security increase for next year, which I believe is 8.7% increase in Social Security. Biden had nothing to do with it. If anyone wants to, you know, take praise or thanks for it, it should be Richard Nixon. He signed that into law in 1972. Yeah, it's just, um, I guess it's the childish part of my brain that gets uh, a a real kick out of seeing lefties lose their mind. It's just like, you know, when he's like, oh, you're going to pay $8 a month for that blue check mark. And then, of course, the AOCs of the world get all bent out of shape. But I've noticed that. Really, it's only the people on the left that are upset about that. It's it, people on the right don't seem to be like, oh my god. It's every uh, everybody on the left is are the complainers, and I it, it's 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 hilarious. And well, remember now, Trump was a sitting president who was also censored on social media. So Biden doesn't have that singular distinction. He's simply right. starting to get the same treatment that Trump did. Yeah, yeah, it's I'm, equal application, you know. Yeah, it's just the thing. The the eight, you know, oh, you're going to pay eight dollars a month for that blue check mark, and it's like uh, to me, to me, the blue check mark is meaningless. I I know that's supposed to like it's verify it's a real person and not a bot or what. I I don't care. I don't I don't care if I have a blue <laughs> check mark next to my name that I'm verified. I just <clears throat> once in a while I'll post something. Or I'll, I'll retweet something or, I'll, you know, if it's uh, Robert Reich the third, then I'll tell him how big of an idiot he is because he always tries to blame inflation on corporate greed instead of government spending. So I have to get on there and go, come on, Robert, you know, you're lying. Just <clears throat> we all know you're lying. Please just please stop. Be a re-, Which he's not going to because he's got this platform to uh, utter his nonsense from. And I think it's, you know. I was listening to a podcast this morning. I was catching up on all my podcasts and they were talking about the leak where, you know, the DHS and, and Facebook had a, a, a portal for the government to come in on Facebook and censor stuff and fact check it or pull it or whatever. And it's like, well, that's, you know, and one guy's like, you know, when they're talking about COVID, uh, the guy they were interviewing is like, well, he's like, I can understand where the government would have the public health and in, in their interest to make sure that bad information's not given out. He's like, but they went way too far. And I'm just, I guess I'm just enough of a pessimist or a cynic to, to say in my head, when he's talking, I'm like, I don't think. The only reason the public health is in the interest of the government is, I'm sorry, do we need to whittle the population down so it doesn't cost so much for us to finance health care? I mean, other than that? And, and, and then the utter, like, the Atlantic and all these people, like, oh, we need to forgive and forget all this stuff we did during COVID. No! There is no, I'm not forgetting, and I'm sorry, I know you're supposed to forgive others. I can't forgive that. I cannot forgive breaking people into two classes, and because you got 
the vaccine, you were the awesome one and the unvaccinated or awful, terrible people who are going to kill their grandma. I'm not forgetting and I'm not forgiving because that was intentional. That wasn't, oh, we were, we just didn't have all the facts. No, you were pushing a narrative. You were pushing guilt and fear onto people. And same with politicians. That is not something that should be forgotten. And that's not something that should be forgiven, especially in state elections around the country, November 8th. There should be a whole lot of politicians getting kicked out of office because they they wanted to pick essential, non-essential evil killing grandma killing people versus the good people though you know it's a big clean sweep i'll take it a step further and i'm going to be very careful because i know we're on youtube right now but the fact is they pushed um they pushed a serum that at very best didn't work but we know the truth of it that's the best case scenario is it simply didn't work the worst case scenario is what we're starting to see right now. And we can't talk about that on YouTube. That's because of censorship. And this is real data that's coming out from Europe. It's coming out from hospitals in California, hospitals in Texas. And I, I shudder to think what will be coming in the next two years uh, because of the serum. This is really, really, really strange stuff, gang. And I, I just, you're right, uh, John. I, I'm a Christian, so I'm supposed to forgive, right? Mm-hmm. But I can't forgive what looks like democide or genocide. I can't forgive that. This was, in, as John said, this was intentional. So, and I think we should leave it there. Maybe I said I said too much. No. I don't want to get your YouTube channel in no, trouble. Don't worry about it because I upload a copy to uh, to Odyssey, and at some point I'll be, you know, I'll. I'll stream to both, and if I get removed from Twitter, then it'll just be Odyssey. I I, I am beyond caring about, oh, they're going to pull a video. I just, I'm beyond that now because, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm growing, you know, subscribers, but I am sick and tired of just, oh, I shouldn't say that. I, I, I'm just, well, it's just, well, it's, it, it drives me you are, insane. Yeah, you are absolutely correct because there are things having to do with the beer flu, the serum, uh, having to do with global warming, even um, lasting ramifications of 9-11 that we simply can't talk about on YouTube. They will give your channel a strike if you talk about these things. Other than if you carry the government line, you know, if you carry the water for the federal government and their official narratives, then you're okay. Mm -hmm. If you deviate from that and bring in facts from other sources, that's where they start shutting you down. And and it's happened to me plenty of times. Yeah. It's and not I, just once. And I understand that. I mean, I understand. And I would, you know, I would not uh, tell you, well, Patrick, come on, man. Because that's your, you, you and your organization built something for a long time. And I understand the hesitancy there. And I would, I will not, you know, denigrate you for that. Um, it's just, <sighs> I'm, I guess it's my, I'm getting older and I'm getting crabbier now, or my, my <laughs> tolerance yep. for stupid has like really dwindled. Um, you know what? We shouldn't have a tolerance for totalitarianism and for censorship though. Right. And this is America for God's sake. So you are right, John. I mean, the fact that I've been hesitant to leave YouTube, uh, I know in retrospect a year ago, I was stupid. 
I should have left YouTube a year ago. There's important things that need to be discussed that affect the state of Missouri that have to do with the beer flu and the serum. I've gotten strike after strike on YouTube for bringing up facts. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't forgive that. I, I, I'm literally, and there, is YouTube asking for an apology? No, they censored me just two weeks ago. Um, yeah, I'm tired of it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Not to put too a point on it. The, the, the work that you guys have done, the important things that you've gotten done and the information that you're bringing out, it's nothing, there's no dark agenda behind it. I mean, if, if getting people more freedom, keeping more of their money, making more choices is evil, and that's not a world I want to be a part of. That's not a society that I want to be a part of something like that where, you know, it's like there's an, uh, some bureaucrat hiding behind every bush waiting for you to say something and, be like, ah, and come out and beat you with a censorship stick because you went against the narrative or the agenda. And that's just and this is something that I, I say a lot and I am cynical, I know, and I am kind of a pessimist at times. But right now, and Odyssey and Rumble and some of these other channels are a prime example of when people finally have enough, someone will create something new for people to migrate to. And they'll just say, we're not doing what those guys did. So if you want to cut out all the nonsense and not be fact-checked and have your stuff pulled, I mean, you're going to do something really bad on Odyssey or something to get videos yanked. But just talking about COVID, they're not going to like, lock up the brakes and go, well, that's enough of that. But all right, I got to take a break here. So for those of you in the KEYK audience, thanks so much for joining me this week for another edition of the Missouri Liberty Report. And again, make sure you check out slaphappybeverage.com for your Delta 8 infused limoncello, the mellow cello from slaphappybeverage.com. Um, Next week, folks, I may be taking a break. Um, I haven't made up my mind, or I may be coming on just to talk about election results and the uh, all that happy noise. So we'll see. I may be here next week. Maybe not. But happy, happy weekend to all of you.